Welcome to Horsefly Chronicles Radio with Julia and Philip Siracusa. Sponsored by Carnation. Airing live on United Public Radio Network on 105.3 and 107.7 FM in New Orleans. This show's opening has been produced, edited, narrated by Gwen Luckett at gluckett.com. everyone and welcome to Monday night segment of Horsefly Chronicles Radio with myself, Julia Syracusa and Phil Syracusa. We are broadcasting live from the United Paranormal Radio Network on 105.3 FM and 107.7 FM from New Orleans. We are also live on Roku so you can watch us live streaming from your TV. We are fully sponsored by Carnation so we want to thank them for their sponsorship. We love them. You will have to do a few things in order to participate in chat. Go to the YouTube uh, UFO Paranormal Radio. You can also go to all of the Facebook stations, UFO Paranormal Radio Network, UFO Undercover with Joe Montaldo, News on the Flip Side, Twitch, SoundCloud, Podbeam, all of our Horsefly Chronicles radio groups on Facebook. And if you have any questions for our guests, please ask. So tonight, guys, we have another amazing guest to the show. So please welcome to the show, Sin Schrader Hill. She is the founder of Elk Valley Paranormal and a self-published author of her own books. She is the co-host on LegitPodcast.com on the Sunday Evenings Paranormal Show, the Paranormal News on Wednesday night, and occasionally on Thursday night show Paranormal Clips and Paranormal 101. She is an empath and a sensitive, um, and she has been pretty much dealing with spirits since she was a young child. So let's welcome her to the show tonight. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me on here. I'm so excited to be here. Oh, thank you. Thanks for coming on. Looking forward to it. Yes. What we like to do is ask our guest, take us to the beginning of your story into the world of supernatural. Ah, I grew up weird. <laughs> I was a weird kid, but I didn't know why. I, I didn't start ghost hunting until 2013. So all that time, I, uh, of course, watched every horror movie I could, every um, ghost story, read, you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, but growing up, I was just a strange kid. I had things happen to me that I couldn't explain. And I was so shy, I didn't talk about it. I couldn't go to anybody to talk about it. And I developed panic attacks early. I found out much later, like, Within the last 15 years, it was because I was taking everybody's energy on. I didn't know that. I had no clue. So massive panic attacks from the age of 10. And I had my first, uh, you would call it a deja vu moment, when I was six years old. So that's when everything really started rolling. And I knew that, some, honestly, when I started having the deja vu and the panic attacks. I thought I had a tumor, you know, it's, it's this yep. catastrophic feeling that, you know, Oh, I'm 10 years old. I've got a tumor. I'm, I'm dying. And, and I couldn't talk to anybody about it because I was too, I was painfully shy at that time. Of course you couldn't tell now because I talk all the time, but back then it was, it was pretty bad, but I was taking everybody's energy on and just didn't know it. And there's probably people out there like that now that just don't know what's going on. And you're probably empathic. So skip forward a few years and my dad died 
in 2001. I was a daddy's girl. They, my mom and dad had an auto parts store in my small town and had it for over 30 years. The building they were in was from the late 1800s. The basement itself was a turkey slaughterhouse back then. And then the when the auto parts was there, it had been an ice cream plant. It had been a furniture store. It had been a Red Cross office and other things. And then when it became the auto parts store, their level was would actually have been the second level from the basement because that's how much the road had built up. So our whole town is haunted. <laughs> it's just haunted. But um, anyway, my dad died. My sister and mom were the ones left running the store and being in a small town, having an auto parts store and run by two women. Walmart is selling auto parts, O'Reilly's, mm-hmm. Advanced, you know, and all the other ones, mom and pop stores in town. And they just couldn't compete. So they ended up closing it about two or three years later. Mm-hmm. The My nephew was born a year after dad died. So he was like, the savior baby coming in and rescuing everybody from depression. Um, He was the only grandchild. He was my only nephew and he was just special to all of us. So he grew up at the auto parts until they had to close it. Fast forward to 2013 when I had a group come in, Um, the utilities, the everything had been turned off about two and a half to three years prior to this, when I had the group come in. And mom's only stipulation was that they not come to the house. You know, they can stay at that store. That's fine. You can't let them come to the house. Okay, that's fine with me. So my husband and I were down there with this group and I was basically the trigger object to see if my dad was still there. Um, Talking out, asking questions and to nothing. And. I never heard him. They got two EVPs, but the only place their instruments went off and lit up was exactly the spot his chair sat for over 30 years. So it was his office chair that still had that area that still had energy in it. And they got two really weird EVPs. The first one was holy mackerel, which nobody in my family used ever. And then the other one was from the basement and it was turkeys gobbling. Oh, wow. The bug bit me and I had to be a part of this. So I ended up being their case manager and finding places to investigate. And a year after that, I came up with Elk Valley Paranormal because I was really interested in the audio. After they just found two EVPs, I thought, hmm, I want to see if I can find more. And I did. I kept finding more and more and more. And audio was just my thing. So electronic voice phenomenon, Elk Valley Paranormal, it just kind of went together. So it was perfect for me. Okay. Wow. That's, that's, (laughs) that's a lot, isn't it? Yes, absolutely. (laughs) Now, do you see, can you see the spirits? Can you see them? Or like, is there a way that, because everybody sees them differently. I have, I've seen lots of shadows, including animals, but I've only seen three apparitions, one straight on apparition. Mm -hmm. And it was at the old hospital here in the county. And they just kind of, the I saw movement, I turned to look, saw the apparition, and they just kind of went and went back through the doorway and was gone. The other two I saw in reflection. So I think, I think my mind is actually still trying to prepare me to see all of them because I've only seen the three. Um, the two in reflection, one was this beautiful redhead. And I mean, dressed to the nines, I turned to look for her and she was gone. Of course, I didn't oh, see wow. her in anything but the reflection. And the other one was something that wasn't human. It was floating over my head. I was, I was sitting at this really shiny desk and 
it something floated over my head and I looked up to see it. And of course it wasn't there, but I'm pretty sure my mind was keeping me from looking at that one because this thing was a black cloud and it had eyes in it, um, which was which was really creepy. It ended up being some form of an elemental yes. at that place. And uh, yeah, my mind just said, no, you're not ready to see that. You, you can look at it in reflection, but you're not ready to look at it, really. Yeah, we've seen something like that here, right, Phil? I think in, in the backyard, I remember there was some a black like shadow, we caught it, and then it kind of looked like there was eyes in there, right? Yeah, it's very scary, yeah. too. Yeah, they're oh, spooky. Man. They're really oh, spooky, yeah. Very scary, very, very scary. And, you know, um, these things are more common than you think. Um, you know, us as paranormal investigators and psychics and mediums, you know, we have the abilities because the veil's a little bit thinner between both worlds, but... The truth really is these things are part of the earth. They always have been. And, um, you know, I always ask an investigator, because I am one, I ask other people too for their opinion. I was like, well, if you didn't go to a haunted location and you went on a main street, would you catch or anything? And the answer is probably yes. Um, spirits roam the earth. There's all different types of spirits. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And a lot of people think uh, that, you know, the spirits just roam around at, at nighttime and the daytime. <laughs> yeah. You know, I don't know what it is about that, but guys, I am well, here to tell you that they, they're there in the daytime too. <laughs> they don't care what time it is. They don't care what time it is. Mm -mm. So I was talking about that uh, just a couple of days ago, as a matter of fact, uh, talking about paranormal myths and mm -hmm. the fact that uh, one thing was that only old buildings are haunted. Mm-hmm. Nope. Yep. Well, it can be something new. It could be an object. It can be a person can be haunted. It can be anything. The land, of course, but it doesn't have to be just an old building. And they, they come out at all hours. All mm -hmm. of them do. And I think, I think, to make people understand what I would tell them was that we can see things better at night because all the stimulus is taken away. And when we go into a location, we're concentrating so hard on trying to hear or see something odd. And, you know, we don't have the television turned on. We don't have phones going. We don't have billboards to look at and all that kind of stuff. So you're really tuned into it. And it's just easier to hunt when it's dark. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Um, how do you feel about when you're investigating? Like, if you, have you ever done a residential case? Yes, several. Okay. Now, my question is, do you find it difficult to do, especially a residential in a few hours yeah because we always say this it you know it's Im absolutely impossible to get good evidence and if maybe even i would say even sometimes six or eight hours you're not always gonna get everything that's right that's right but, yeah and what we do is send out a questionnaire first and they fill out as much as possible. And it's an extensive questionnaire. And the ones that don't want to fill it out are the mm -hmm. ones that are just wanting a show. Yes. They want somebody to come in and give them a Saturday night show. That's yeah. all, you know, yeah. and we don't have time for that because, yeah. you know, the yeah. hours you spend investigating, you got at least that on the review to go through all of your audio and video so it's just, you know, we want to help people that really, really, really need us to come in. Yeah. And it does, sometimes it does take, you know, a day or sometimes even two to like get your information, you know, get everything that you need. Yes. Yes. It's very, it's very difficult. And I think that a lot of people are, don't understand that. Well, I think that's because of all the shows, because, yeah. you know, within that 40 to 45 minutes, you get 
all of the history, all of the, you know, getting to the location, the whole investigation, the entire reveal, and then the follow-up. Yes. That might take a regular person a couple of weeks. I know. I like the show um, 28 Days Haunted for the mere fact that I think the, I, that's why I was bringing this up. The idea of actually the spending that time in a location, the more time you're there, the more stuff you're going to get. That's right. And the spirits kind of get, it's almost like they get used to you being there. When you first yeah. walk into most anywhere, the, the most common EVP you're going to get is get out. You know, <laughs> want you there they don't want you in their space because it is their space i cannot so. tell you how many times i think that we got that here right phil get out <laughs> <laughs> they want us to get out of our own house <laughs> right nope <laughs> it's fascinating you know it's like it's as if we share the two worlds between the spiritual beings and the earthbound beings um and while we have a hard time seeing each other, the communication is there. And it just so happens that the knowledge is that they, they know we're around. They know what we're saying. They can listen to us. They can hear us um, if with the right equipment or someone with those abilities. They can communicate with us. It's fascinating. And that's why we do the shows. We want the world to know that. Even when you lose a loved one, talk to them as if they're there because the truth really is they're not gone the way you think they're gone. And there's so many earthbound spirits. So my question for you would be, are earthbound spirits the spirits that never wanted to go to the light? Oh, I don't think so. Um, I think there's a lot more than just that. I think there are some earthbound that still have some things they want to get accomplished. I think there's some that are here um, acting as guardians for their loved ones. I think there are others here that um, are have like a vendetta. You know, there's if you're a bad person in life, you're going to be a bad person as a ghost too. So, you know, they might still have some bad attitude about whatever. And want to mess things up for somebody or something. And then you've got others that possibly because of trauma of any kind, they might not quite understand what's going on, what had happened, why they're like they are now and nobody's interacting with them like they were, you know? So there's, there's lots and lots to that question. So you just asked a very loaded question, sir. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I always wonder about that um, because you do hear about like the near-death experiences and people going through the tunnel and then there's people who are still earthbound who decide not to cross over. Uh, does free will and choice become a belief in that where the spirit's free will says, I'm not going to, through no tunnel or to no light or anywhere. I'm staying here with my loved ones. I, th- I think that free will is a, a major part of that. I truly do. Um, they know, I, I think they know they've got a choice and it's just whether or not they're ready to take that final choice or if they want to, you know, I, I also think that they're allowed to jump back and forth sometimes, you know, come back and check in on people. Um, we lost my nephew. I told you he, he was born the year after my dad died. So he was kind of the, um, savior of our family. Cause everybody was in a deep depression. My sister had him. Um, she was never supposed to have children and oh, she wow. very early in her teenage years that she would never have children. Uh, carry them to term is what they told her. And so five miscarriages later, she got pregnant with Wyatt and he came full term and he was a force to be reckoned with. He was, um, he was, he was awesome. 
Um, we lost him and he was only 19 and a half years old. And I was training him. I'd been training him for the last, uh, within a year to be my videographer. And so he had gone on investigations with us and was learning all the ins and outs of it. I wouldn't let him join the team until he was 18. I just I put that as a stipulation. And even though his mom, Susan, said, no, he can do anything with his Aunt Cindy. It's OK. He can go anywhere with you. Um, and he did. He was my mini me. We went to we did murder mysteries together. We did all the stuff my husband won't do with me. <laughs> I, would, I would take Wyatt with me and Wyatt was like, yeah, let's go. Let's go. So he was ecstatic learning about ghost hunting and anything to do with the paranormal. And then when we lost him, it was the most devastating thing that I have ever been through. It hurt losing my dad a lot. It hurt. But dad had lived his life and Wyatt was only 19 and a half. And, you know, we're still not over it, but he checks in quite often. And the uh, let's see, we lost him on the 6th of April, 2021. No, no, no. 2022. I'm sorry. 2022. Oh, man. Um, I prayed that he would send me a sign. You know, mm -hmm. come on, Wyatt. You know, you know what I do. You know, blah, blah, blah. Did not get one. Did not get one. He was um, turning on his bedroom light. There were two lights in his bedroom. One was one of the three-way switches, but they only had a one-way bulb in it. So you had to click, click, click mm -hmm. to get it to turn on. And then the other one was a push pin type that you had to push to turn on, push to turn off. And he was turning one or both of those lights on every day and opening his bedroom door after his mom closed it. Because the way she said um, she'd kept it on that week and she'd kept the door open, but she wanted to be able to walk in his bedroom and still smell him, yes. you know, and still see how he left his room. And so that's, that's what she did. But um, the first night she turned the light off and shut his door. Now the door uh, was one of those you can kind of had to muscle into, you had to push it open with your shoulder and wrestle it shut. She closed it and then went back to her bedroom. When she comes back through later to get a glass of water or whatever, she notices that the dog and the cat are sitting right in front of his door. Wow. Just sitting there, just sitting there, not doing anything, just sitting. And she like, what the heck? And she goes over and looks down and notices the light coming under his door. Oh, and so she nice. opens it up and she said, I'm sorry, baby, I'll leave it on. I'll leave it on. So <gasps> she left the door open that night. Um, every time she closed it after he would open it. So it was wow. just kind of, Thing. she started closing it just to see him open it and he would yeah he's appeared to her um a few times the way he appears to my mom is he messes with her her electronics so she'll be she'll be reading her kindle it'll be out in front of her and she'll be drinking her coffee she'll reach over to tap to turn the page and then drink her coffee and just read so she's just nonchalantly reading at the table and um, she she said the first time it happened, she said, something's wrong. We got to send this back. And I said, we can't. It's new. And she said, no, something's wrong with it. So what's wrong with it? And she said, I will be minding my own business reading and it will flip all the way over and then come all the way back. I said, what do you mean it'll flip all the way? Over? She said, it'll go about a chapter or two over and then come back to right where I was reading. Wow. I said, it'll come right back to where you were reading. And she said, yes, every time. I said, mom, who would do that? <laughs> and she went, oh, is that my baby? Wow. I said, yeah, that's your baby. Oh, I said, wow. next time it happens, just talk to him. He's just trying to get your attention. And the next time it happened, she said, Cindy, I, I closed it up. And I just sat there and talked to my baby. She said, I was boohooing, but I was talking to him. And uh, I, I, uh, the way he appeared to me 
you know, because I kept I, I kept praying, please, Lord, let him send me a sign. Please let him send me a sign. And um, I had gone over to my sister's and she was telling me a story about something that he had done within the last month or so. And I was recording this on February 23rd, 2023. Still have it on my phone and I will not take it off. And um, I usually record and then transcribe the story later. Well, since that was such a hard story to hear, I it took me until April to open it back up. And I was transcribing it. And when I got to six minutes and 32 seconds, he spoke. Oh, wow. And he all he said, it was just Susan and I on the couch and her dog and her cat were asleep. The television was on, but there, we had it muted, completely muted. And she was telling me the story. I was recording it. And six minutes, 32 seconds in, he said, or six minutes, 42, I'm sorry, six minutes, 42 seconds in, he says, there's a little tap, tap, which we did not hear at the time, tap, tap. And then he says, did you hear that? And he's smiling as he said, and I'm like, what if I had just thought he knew I did EVP work. If I had just thought I would have been checking everything I was recording. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I guess you just weren't, I don't think you were just, you weren't thinking of, of that at that moment. No, no. And you Doors know, are from the side. What's that? Those are signs from the other side. Those are definitely signs. And, and I do. Yeah, I want to get into that in a minute. But before we get into the books, here we yeah. go with some hardball questions because that's what I'm about. Sure, sure. I, of course, I'm a believer, but for the people that are skeptic and don't believe, here are the questions. Well, let me ask you this. Do you follow a certain religion? I'm Christian. I have been, uh, I was raised in the Cumberland Presbyterian Church. So, okay. I'm still a now, According to certain religions, again, I am a believer. We live in a haunted house, so this is not me. These are questions that people want to know. According to religion, Catholic, Christian, when you're dead, you are dead. You will only come back when your Lord and Savior arises you. There is no communication. Any communication with those that you believe that are departed are demons. Now, I do not believe that. But I want to hear your take on that. And that is a fact. That is a written fact now. Yeah. I, I, and I've been told and warned to stay away from anything paranormal. Mm-hmm. And have I done it? Nope. <laughs> I'm still involved in the paranormal. I will probably always be involved in the paranormal. And I think if, some of those skeptics would have something happen like losing a 19 and a half year old child. That was so important to them and still checks in with them and does little things that, you know, it's him. Of course. I think they would change their opinion just a little bit, maybe not completely, Right. Well, I agree with that with the skeptics. But now what yeah. about religion? What you said five minutes ago when you said you said, Oh Lord, because I say, Oh my God, we all say an expression yeah. of oh my God, we pray. Mm-hmm. So then it would it be in a belief that religion is tailored towards what a custom what, what a person thinks their religion is versus what is written in any type of a format of a Bible saying, no, this is the way it is. And there is no communication with the dead because you cannot serve two masters of, well, I'm going to believe what I want to believe. And I'm going to believe the religion I go to too, because then that's contradiction. If you go to a Christian or Catholic church, which I'm Catholic, but I don't believe in a lot of the stuff. I just don't. And they say, well, when you're dead, you're dead. There's no communication. The Lord is your savior, and, and so you know, and all that other stuff. But now I know as an investigator that I can communicate with the other side, and it is not a demon. So, 
in your mind, in your existence, how do you separate the two and yet follow your Christianity and being an investigator? When I do any kind of investigation, I always start with an opening prayer for protection. Um, I also say a prayer for my team if we're in a spot. And then we always use an ending prayer as well so that the entities stay in that place and don't follow either any of us home or attached to anything that we have. Um, I also think that <laughs> I like your questions, by the way, they're, they're full-bodied as a matter of fact. Well, I'm an investigator. I live in a haunted house. I know this communication between both worlds. And I do not believe in one man's word of religion in any Bible, in any format, because of my experiences of growing up. And I'm 56 years old. and I, I have a lot of experience knowing that, hey, there's a lot of falsification out there and control of the mind, according to certain religions, which I don't buy. Now, I do believe in a creator and a higher energy and a vibration, most definitely. But when religion steps in and says, well, you can't communicate with the dead, and it does, I have a problem with that and that belief. Yeah. Because as the 19-year-old, as you were explaining, and people I have that I've lost communicated with, that's valid communication that you're getting. Yes. So I guess the question is that I want you to answer is, when you go to church or your Christianity, how do you say, well, this part I'm not going to believe, but I'll believe the other part, they say? Ah. Ah. Hard. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. Because, I mean, I have been around some negative energy that I knew was not good. Mm -hmm. um, I don't. I'm pretty sure I've not been around anything demonic in any investigation, I think I would know that without a doubt. And the the negative energy I've been around was not that. Now, I know they say that you're not supposed to talk to any of them. But how can you not? Yeah. How, don't you think that even someone that is so religious and so following everything by the book and i'm not knocking them at all because i no. have several friends that follow by the book and would never do anything uh, come on a hunt with me or anything like that because it terrifies yeah, them yeah, yeah and it's just not for them it's just yeah. they think i'm on the dark side yeah. And we I'm not. On the dark side, right? Yeah. I, I mean, we can all go to the dark side. I don't choose to. Yeah. I'm not. There are there are a lot of people I think that do. And there are some even I think that are curious of it and don't want to actually have a problem with it. But once you get into it, you can't control something mm -hmm. evil. You can't control, we can't control anything in the paranormal field because we don't know that much about it. It's, it's still evolving. We know just like a ah, little tiny, tiny bit of this huge chunk that is ever growing when yeah. you think about it. Because I, I, don't, I don't know if we're ever going to, Get be satisfied. Yeah, we're never going to have all the answers. Maybe until we cross over, and then we go, "Oh, that's why that happened." Or, "Yeah, that's why I get it. I get it. I get it." Okay, but no, I, I, I don't fight with people on religion. I don't fight with people on the paranormal. I, I will be sixty. <laughs> in two months and yeah. i am too old for that shit <laughs> well, i'm not gonna fight with them yeah no i don't disrespect anyone's religion or belief but the questions come up and 
yeah. it comes up a lot about religion and paranormal investigating and can we actually communicate with the other side now again in my belief in my experience we definitely communicate with the other side and the other side wants validation that we know that they're around yes and, and that quarter that kind of puts my belief in a lot of religion into a control box where it's though you believe this way and it's the only way and i don't buy it for one second i just don't buy any hand-me-downs of any books of any culture and every religion i don't buy it um look today's day and age now now they're saying we're not alone in the universe there might be other things amongst us well we already knew this so that's not in the bible the aliens are not in the bible this time i checked I don't see well, pictures of UFOs and the Anunnaki and like, yeah, God. So the point is, is now it's become we're becoming more culturized in the fashion of acceptance. Yeah. Quite frankly, if I had an encounter on my own, unless they're paying for my bills and my my finances and give me free health care, you know, it's it's good. But we still have to live and go accordingly to life. But we're not the only ones. And that's why I have a lot of problem with people being brainwashed into certain religions because it's brainwashing. I'm sorry, but it is. And again, I don't disrespect anybody. Your path is your way is your journey. But yeah. as a paranormal investigator, I can tell the world we can communicate with those that we have lost. That example of that 19 year old child, I believe from what you're saying is that that was his journey. He written out his journey. His sister, that was your sister, correct? Yes. Yes. That was, wasn't able to um, have a child, has a child, right? Mm -hmm. And the way I look at it is the child chose the journey and it, it happened. And it's a miracle, right? It's a miracle. Yes. And it was, even, it was a short journey, but sometimes I believe short journeys can give the best memories of existence that they were here and what they've implanted on us versus someone who's lived to 100 years old and give us nothing implanted on our emotions and, and our return of who they really are. So I like that story you said in that example because it, it rings true to a lot of people that have lost loved ones and the lights go on and off and there's certain songs that are played on the radio and changes yes. found in some weird places and then they get some memories and see signs when they're driving by that only would remind them of that person at that time it's fascinating and i don't believe in coincidence i don't either i don't either and it's interesting that you said um coins and things like that um, my dad was a coin collector mm -hmm. and the day that we went to the hospital to the morgue um I have, well, let me just give you a little backstory. I have total knees, both of them, and then one total hip. So when I get into and out of my truck, I have to look down to step up and, and out. So in or out, I've got to look down and make sure I'm where I'm supposed to be. So uh, there was nothing in my truck, right? I get to the hospital, get out, go see why there's nothing in my truck. I had a coin purse in my purse that was closed and the purse was zipped up. And then um, I went to see Wyatt. My husband got there a little bit late. And as we were leaving, I said, Mom, would you eat something? No, I can't eat anything. I said, you've got to eat something. Can I can I go get anything for you? A milkshake even. And she said, I'll drink a small milkshake, but don't bring me anything bigger than a small milkshake. And I said, okay, that's what I'll do. I'll bring it to the house. And I looked over at my husband and said, would you ride with me to get that? And then go up to see her for a few minutes. And then I'll bring you back to your car, your truck. So he did. He goes over to the passenger side gets in, I open my driver's side and there is the shiniest penny I've seen right there on my threshold. And I wish I'd taken a picture of it because, you know, 
hindsight, but I reached down as soon as I saw it and went pennies from heaven, pennies from heaven. And my husband heard me. He said, what? And I, all I could say is pennies from heaven as I reached it out to show him. And his, his, the only thing he said was, there you go. He knew, he knew exactly where I was coming from. And the thing I was thinking was it's too soon for Wyatt. Wyatt wouldn't be able to do that yet. He's still in a, you know, a weird state. That's, it's not Wyatt. It's got to be dad. So we took mom's milkshake tour and I didn't say anything about the penny. The next night we were talking and crying on the phone and, you know, reminiscing and this kind of thing. And um, I said, mom, she said, I just, I just wish I had a sign or something like I said, mom, I think dad was there. And she said, why? And I said, I found a penny. And she went, I found one today. Oh, wow. There you go. She found one, a shiny one, right oh. where she steps up onto the porch. And she said it was not there yesterday. It was not there. So I said it was dad then. It was dad. So he was telling us, I'm with him. And he was telling mom, he's with me. I got him. It's yeah. all good. Yeah. I love it. Validation and keys from the other side. I love it. That we've got to pay attention to these signs. And you know what? They're everywhere. And, you know, I think a lot of people really don't understand them and they don't know that they're there and they feel a certain way when a loved one passes. They're not around me. They're not there. They're not here. But I think that we're, we're missing them. We're either blocked or we're busy. Yeah, we miss them. Or we're told not to believe. A lot. Yeah, so exactly. Good point. And that's what I'm trying to express is believe within yourself of what comes through in your lifetime. Don't believe another man's word to change your thoughts based on control of any format of their belief and what they follow. Having said that, it's time for the books. Okay, so show us your books, bring them up to the screen, and tell us what the reader can get out of it and where they get it. Yeah, okay. So the first one I have is Whispers in the Dark, True Ghost Stories and Eerie Tales. This has 23 true stories. Closer to the camera. What's that? Oh, just bring that closer to the camera. A little closer. Okay. Wow, that's really nice. Yeah. Nice. I like that that promo. Thank you, my very good friend, psychic medium, and sometimes ghost hunting partner, Mark Elliott Fultz, does all my covers and the illustrations inside there. And he's in several stories. So this one actually wasn't supposed to be my first one, but I thought, okay, this one will be easier to write. I can do this. And it's about investigations I've been on, eerie things that have happened to me. Even my favorite um child's bedtime story it starts with that one i used to um, make my grandmother tell me a story every night before bed that uh actually happened to a and i guess he was a great uncle of mine and it would always end in boo now go to bed you know <laughs> so every night it's a nanny tell me that story oh i just told you that story please tell me again please tell me again so that's in here And uh, there's five that are not in my county. Two of them are in Lynchburg, Tennessee, where Jack Daniels is made. So nothing to do with Jack Daniels. It's just in the vicinity. And that one's kind of creepy. So the second one was Web of Terror. And this one is a fiction. So Mark and I wrote this one. And we would just seeing if we could write fiction. So he contributed four stories and the illustrations and cover, and I did the eight. So after that, I went back to True. This one was supposed to be my first one. So this one is, they're speaking, are you listening? My most compelling EVPs. Oh my Wow, I like that. Wait, 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 bring that back to the camera. Okay. Back to the camera, I wanna talk about that. Bring it to the camera, say it again. They're speaking. Are you listening? My most compelling EVPs. 
Wow. I love it. I love it. This was supposed to be my first book, but I couldn't figure out how to do it. So these are all my investigations Mm -hmm. and all of the electronic voice phenomena I caught from these particular investigations. And the cool thing about that is as you're reading this book, you can go to my website, elkvalleyparanormal.com, go to the evidence section, click on it. There's a little drop down menu, click on they're speaking and you can listen to all of the EVPs in this book. There's over a hundred. Wow. wow. That's, so cool. That's really so, cool. Thank you. Thank you. So everything from creepy stuff to funny stuff. And you just, you, this ghost, title, where, where did you come up with the title? Of that they just pop into my head. I love it. Those just pop into my head. So mm-hmm. now this, this fourth book is totally different and God just put it on me that I needed to write this one and I didn't know why. So mm-hmm. it's about signs from our loved ones. It's oh, about near, okay. near death experiences. Um, That's a good book. Our visions, dreams of our loved ones, signs that they send us from cardinals in the yard to pennies, to feathers, mm-hmm. to songs on the radio, to scents that you, you come in smelling perfume or something favorite song on the radio, um, near death experiences and uh, deathbed conversations where somebody's talking, an older person is getting ready to pass. You're visiting them and they're talking to somebody in the corner that you can't see. Yes. So that's what this book is full of. And I had a couple of stories. I started this one in 2020 And then, you know, all hell broke loose and most of us lost motivation for everything. Mm -hmm. And I didn't get my motivation back that next year either. So I started writing again after I saw my good friend Valerie and she said, how's the book coming? And I said, it's not. And she said, why not? And I said, I just can't get my motivation back. And she said, when were you supposed to bring it out? And I said, I wanted to bring it out by Easter of 2020. And then Easter of 2021. And she says, well, you know, you got a month before Easter this year. And I said, oh, I I can't get it out by then. And she said, sure, you could. Sure, you could. And I said, let's see how many I can get done. So within the next two and a half weeks, I did 17 stories. Boom, 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 boom. So she actually gave me the kick in the butt I needed to get back on track. But then Wyatt died. And it was like. You know, so there goes the motivation again. Uh, But I guess it was uh, two or three weeks after his funeral that it just hit me. Oh, this book is supposed to be for him. That's why God wanted me to write the darn book. It was Wyatt's book. So his story is the first one in it and all about him. It's dedicated to him. It's... um, pictures in there of him and, you know, just different things like that. So um, I still, even with his story, I didn't have enough for the book. And I put a word out on my, on Facebook, a couple of places and um, on the website and said, I'm looking for signs, stories of signs. If you have some, please send them to author at gmail.com. I got from all over the U.S. Oh, wow. And I even got one from England. A girl sent me, um, her name is Joe. Joe sent me one about losing her grandfather and taking in his cat after he died. And the cat died of the same thing he did just a few months later. And now they both visit her. Oh, wow. So, I mean, it's just, this was an incredible book. And it, it was so incredible that... I've already got more than half of a sequel done to come out next year. Wow. That's amazing. Now, where can they get these books? These are all on Amazon. Um, Send Trader Hill. You'll have to look that up. And you can go on Facebook to my author page, Send Trader Hill Author. Um, Elk Valley Paranormal is also on Facebook. My, Of course, my mm-hmm. personal page is on Facebook as well. And um, ElkValleyParanormal.com is where you can go and see our evidence, pictures and photos and 
hear those EVPs and a little bit about what's going on with us. You had said something a few minutes ago that I want to backtrack. You said in your book, when an elderly person is getting ready to cross, they sometimes see people we don't. Can you explain that to the listener? Yeah. Um, sometimes their family comes back for them. When my grandmother, my mom's mom, was about to die, she saw in the coming in the weeks prior to her death, she saw her mother and father, um, some of her favorite cousins that had long been dead, and specifically called them by name. And my mom, oh, here's this, listen to this. Um, my grandmother had advanced Alzheimer's. So every afternoon, she, she grew up on a dairy farm. Every afternoon at four o'clock, she would start yelling, mama, mama, which was what she started calling her only daughter, my mom. So mom got used to it. You know, and she would walk in and say, I'm here. And Nanny would always go, there's my mama. How many cows did you milk today? Oh, <laughs> and mom would say, oh, I'm tired. I bet you are, mama. You know, and that kind of thing. I would go see her and she might know me when I came in or might not. Usually not. She would think I because I did physical therapy, home health for a while. And I would come in and she would say, oh, is it time for medicine again? And I would go over and talk to her, fix her flowers, turn away for just a second and then turn back around. And she'd go, well, when did you get here? I hadn't seen you in forever, mm-hmm. you know, and call me by name. So it was just like in and out, in and out, in and out, but mostly out. So um, she was seeing all those people before she died. Now, when my dad died, she died two years after my dad did. So when dad died, mom went to tell her because nanny loved him. She thought he hung the moon. He did all kinds of stuff around the house. Just super. She loved him to death. So mom goes to visit and she hears mama, mama. So she knows, you know, she's in her, in her cloud And so mom walks in and she says, there's my mama. And mom says, mother, I've got to tell you something. And she, nanny just stared at her and she walked over and knelt down by nanny's wheelchair. And she said, mother, Doug died. I don't know what I'm going to do. And nanny said, here, baby, put your head in my lap. And she started stroking her hair, saying, Doug was a fine man. He was a fine fella. We we are all going to miss him. He was a good man. But honey, you're strong and you're going to be just fine. Everything's going to be okay. And mom was just laying there like, I can't believe how clear she is right now. And about five seconds passed and she said, my grandmother said, mama, how many cows did you milk? Wow. But for the time that mom needed her mother, God let nanny be clear. Yeah. Amazing. So, yeah. Well, yeah, that's fascinating. And the reason I ask is because I I get that question a lot of elderly people. Is it a medical condition where they are seeing people, whether it's a month or two or three months or even the same day that they're about to cross over? Or is it an existence of the other side coming through, which, of course, I and you believe? And then how do you go about proving that? Is there a way, I guess there's a way of doing a paranormal, if if you were, if you knew the person, run an EVP session as this was happening, as the elderly person saying, I see so-and-so run an EVP, because you can't see it, right? Right, right. Um, yeah, and it's, it's too 
it's to the individual. So it would have to be case by case. And because that's a really delicate time. Yeah. Oh, I agree. It's a very delicate time. And so many people go through this. And I hear these stories over and over again. But that explanation that you said brings comfort. So that's important for people. And again, I do, I believe that because as that veil gets thinner, as it's your time to get closer to crossing over, some people will come for you and you will see them. And I do not believe that is a medical condition at all. I believe that that's the realism of what's happening. I think, I think as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you're going to have people argue with you all day long. It's medical. It's, uh, it's the medicine that they're pumping into them or it's their, it's their brain, uh, you know, causing them to remember things. They're dreaming. They're, you know, yada, 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 yada. When it all comes down to it, it's what you believe or what you don't believe. And I choose to believe every story that I've got in this book. Some of them are written by nurses that have, have come into patients talking to whoever. And my, one of my friends out in Washington state, when I was traveling, um, she was a head nurse and she walked in on the lady at the far end. This I'm talking about Debbie ham. If you're listening to me, um, she walked at the far end of the hall and the patient's name was Laura. And she walked in and her, well, she, right before she entered the room, she heard Laura talking and she was trying to hear what in the world is going on. And she walked in and she said, Laura, who are you talking to? And she said, my mom and my aunt. Oh, and wow. she said, really? And she said, yeah, they're excited. They're excited. So she said, well, let's see how you're doing. And Debbie said everything that she checked from blood pressure to temperature to breathing, everything was fine. There was nothing out of limits. Everything was fine. She was just doing her first rounds is what was happening. And I believe it was two hours later when she did her next rounds she came back and the woman had passed. She'd had a heart attack. Oh, wow. I I mean, yeah, I always, I always say the nurses and doctors must have the most, I mean, the stories and the things that they see. I mean, I couldn't. Yes. I can't either. And, and policemen and firemen too, yes. uh, you know, absolutely. first absolutely. responders absolutely. have some absolutely. freaky stories that they can tell uh, you. But. Amazing. This has been an amazing show and it's been very educational to say the least, because there's a lot of purpose information that was given tonight by you. We want to thank you so much as the hour is over for coming on Horsefly Chronicles radio. I definitely want to have you back for a second because I feel like there's a lot more questions I'm going to get hit with from our listeners that are going to want to be answered. But you hit on a couple of key points that we wanted to cover tonight. So, again, really quick, where can people find you and what do you have going on in one minute? Oh, I am. All my books are on Amazon, Sin Schrader Hill. Uh, you can reach me at Sin Schrader Hill Author at gmail.com. I'm on Facebook, Sin Schrader Hill Author. Elk Valley Paranormal is also on Facebook. That is my team I founded. And then if you want to hear some EVPs and evidence, go to elkvalleyparanormal.com and do that. Awesome. Thank you so much for coming on. Oh, they'll kill me if I don't say this. I'm also on legit podcasts. I'm sorry. That's my club. I forgot to get that in. I forgot. I forgot. He would would stomp me. So... I'm on Wednesday nights, Paranormal News at uh, 7 p.m. Central, 8 8 Eastern. And then um, on Sunday night is the Paranormal Show where we talk to different guests where you guys actually need to come on that show so we can talk. Yeah, Sunday night is is 6 p.m. Central. So, Okay. Okay. 
Okay. Awesome. I wanted to give a shout out to Lizzie. She's in chat and she said hello. Just hello, everyone. So I wanted to give her that shout out. Um, special thank you to Carnation for fully sponsoring the show. Thank you so much. We love them. Um, please join us next week on the United Public Radio Network on 105.3 and 107.7 FM from New Orleans. And tonight we are live on Roku as well. So thank you very much for joining us tonight. Thanks for coming on. Um, it was a great show. Thank you yes, so much. Yes, everyone have a safe, great night. Thank you so much once again. And we will see you next week. Thank you, everybody. Bye-bye. Thank you. Have a good night.